0: slippery today. <laughs> no, very slippery. Froggy's on the uh, uh, Froggy's alert on his way up to Bendigo. Yeah, you got good tread on
1: the tyres there, Froggy? Yeah,
2: you got good tread, mate, but I've uh, got a day off today, so it's
1: nice. Oh, well played, well played.
2: Hey, um,
0: what's, go- what's happened to summer? I know you're from Tassie, so you usually spend most of your, your, your days cold, but what what the hell's happened to summer, Froggy? Yeah,
2: not sure. It, um, we had a couple of nice days there, but couldn't put a few, couldn't put many together. So it's been very
1: disappointing. We get you on to ask you about a range of different racing issues, and Matthew treats you like the weather god, Froggy. That's it. <laughs> He's can, a multi-skilled individual, wear, the Frog. Wear, you can wear a lot of hats. Uh,
0: hey, Froggy, we've got a, um, a segment called Yay or Nay. Uh, we might have. We'll give the opening now because there's a few, um, qu- there's a few issues on Yay or Nay that I want to get your, we want to get your opinion on. So. So what's it going to be? Yay. yay. Oh nay. All right, Manny. We might just rattle a few off and get Froggy's instant response. Uh, so you think versus Animo, who's better?
2: Animo. Really? Yeah, he's uh, he's a beast, and he? He, um. Hopefully, they uh, they keep him around for a while because I'm sure his his record's only gonna get stronger and stronger.
0: Daniel O'Sullivan's the best ratings guru, and I wasn't surprised by this because. Alligator Blood's rating from the weekend was a whisker behind Animo. Is is Alligator Blood underrated when it comes to comparisons with the the big name horses like Animo? I
2: think so. He's um he's uh, he's a very very good horse in his own right. Alligator Blood, obviously, he's, he's had his issues along the way, but the um, stable has done a good job to get him back, get him firing, and yeah, he was uh, he was good again on the weekend.
1: He certainly was. Hey, Froggy, we touched on this off the start at the start of the show around what actually constitutes a champion. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just terms that we throw out there for something to talk about in the middle of the week. But they do get people going. Some people get really emotional about whether or not a horse is a champion or not. Um, you've ridden champions before. What are what they got to do, in your eyes, do you think, before they're classed as a champion?
2: Just keep winning, basically. They, um the, the 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 real champions just know how to win they um by the time they're retired they've got more wins and losses on their strike rate i, I think um but yeah it's obviously the the competition these days are, are um a lot more even i would say like, I mean going when you when when i think of champions i i think of back when your octagonals and were taking on your falantes and your jugglers and all our mobs, and they were they were proper Group One horses, and every time they'd meet, there'd be six, seven, eight of them all in the one race. So that was that was um, why Octagonal probably sits up as one of the best i seen because he um, he just he just kept delivering. We're
0: well, yay or naying with uh, Craig Froggy New at the Legend. If you want to get involved, 90 50 52, 1300 652 927. If you want to talk to us and Froggy. Uh, yeah, I think longevity is a key factor, Froggy. Like Miss Andretti had it. Lincoln Rupee had it. Um, um, the ability to come back from adversity. You need a, you need a, a, a lot of stories in a horse's career to, to warrant it sometimes. The, the, the ones that are there for a season and a half don't gather that sort of story, do they? No,
2: nah, because they, they just retire and They retire them very early these days. Look, Miss Andretti was a little bit of an exception because we, we only really... Lee, I mean, Lee only really got her sort of later in life. Obviously, Dave Mueller had her in Perth, and I don't know, I think she won 12 or 13 races before Lee even got her. So that was probably why her longevity lasted as good as it did. And, and the length and rupees and that, they're gelding, so they they got nowhere to be. But, um, I mean, extreme choice, I've got no doubt. He, he would have been a proper superstar had he kept racing. Um and I mean, flying Artie's the same, so they um, they get that elusive Group 1 under their belt and they're, they're pretty much shipped off the stud.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of those stories. In the Autumn Sun, I watched the replay of him this morning, he's the perfect example. Could have been absolutely anything, especially when you consider the time that he was racing at the back end of Winx's career. Imagine if he had have got to the races and, and knocked off Winx. Just... That,
0: that was frustrating, wasn't it, Froggy, that the owners of the Autumn Sun when he won the Corfield Guineas resisted having a crack at Winks in the Cox Plate. It would have been nice because with champions you need context. Mm. You need them beating up on other you know gold edition Miss Andretti. It would have been a nice indicator of just how great Winks was if she'd been able to towel up the three-year-old in the Cox Plate wouldn't
2: it? Yeah exactly right and even have a, have a crack overseas. Um, I mean you can't, you can't begrudge her. She was she she was what she was. She was she was unbeatable in the in the sort of era that she was at. But um yeah, it uh yeah, we we probably I mean I I, I think we'll probably never see another Black Caviar. I think we'll see another Winx somewhere along the line. We probably I doubt whether we'll ever see another Mackay Deeper win three Melbourne Cups, so I'm sure there will uh, there'll probably be another Winx come along and win 20 old
1: in a row or whatever she won. Mm. To, uh, to borrow a line from Basil Zemplis at the uh, the most recent Olympics, I think it was when Aaron Titmus beat Katie Ledecky, to become a legend you've got to beat one. I'm not sure it's exactly true but there is an element of truth, I think. Well, some
0: were it. scrappers like Northerly Froggy but Max Presnell always said the indication of a great horse is that he puts a margin on other great horses. Yep. So. Yep. Hey, um, the Sandown situation's interesting, Froggy, isn't it? Because Caulfield's out of play, the old workhorse Sandown's been given centre stage and it's absolutely seized the opportunity. The, the crowds have been growing. The wagering's been strong. What I'm asking is, even though the MRC's focus is on Caulfield as a super elite venue and they're doing this big renovation and that Sandown's future is uncertain, I, I think that the MRC should forfeit more feature racing from, from Caulfield to Sandown.
2: Yep, spot on. It just goes to show, if you put the good horses there, the people turn up. Um, they all say people don't go, but we only race here midweeks uh, up until Caulfield have been shut. So, you put the good horses there, people people will travel far and wide to get there.
1: Does it matter, though, if because I think you said this morning, Matty, that 25% crowd numbers were down, is that correct? Does that matter? Not if it's building. It's it, it, See, Froggy, the situation with Sandown is it hasn't been given this
0: opportunity for long and all the indicators are going up. And the crowd figure from the comparable meeting at Caulfield last year was um, down 40, oh, 25% well, was or something like said, that. Yeah. But I don't reckon that's a bad gap, is it? I mean, that, that to me, that's a good advertisement for Sandown, not a negative, that it's that the crowd was that close to what they'd get at Caulfield.
2: Correct. Hmm.
0: Yeah, No. absolutely. Um just, I just want to ask you about. I'm thunderstruck. I'm, I'm the stable's not saying that this was the reason why he just ran a little bit down on form, but just say generally speaking, with him in the back of your mind, maybe you know when you try and get a horse to race outside, it's a little bit outside its comfort zone. It it, it can backfire a little bit. You you must have been on some horses where you've the stable or the owners have thought, mate, can you just get it into the race a little bit closer? But the horse, sometimes the horse just can't be changed.
2: Yeah, um, for for a jockey, that's 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 frustrating because you you, you know the horse that you've got underneath you, and, I mean I, I I've only I've only ever sat on, for instance, on Thunderstruck once in a gallop. But for me, looking on, he looks like he's a big deal. Get back, absolute run on, run your ten and a half of his last uh, furlong, whereas you put him. Into the race in these small fields where they, or well, that race on Saturday, they they trot and it and then sprinted home. He's still running good sectionals, but he's, um, I mean, he's up against he's up against the elite now. So I just think my perspective. I thought I think he's a better horse ridden quiet with his with a big field with genuine tempo.
0: Exactly right. There's there's only going to be certain circumstances where he'll he'll dominate. Hey, something that I've got a really strong view on, and a few others in Tassie do at the moment as well, and and this is an interesting one to put to you. Uh, There's a thing called Tassie Form Pro Plus, which is a live stream of all the races down there, and you get this amazing coverage via live streaming the the Tassie races, pre- and post-race interviews and so on. And Froggy, I think there's a really big opportunity here because... To me, the the Hong Kong, uh, the um, Tasmanian population of horses and participants is a bit similar to Hong Kong. It's very attractive to punters because there's not as many crisscrossing form lines, not as many different tracks and all sorts of things to consider. A, a, a easier to bet on population of horses and participants and jockeys you get familiar with. Do you, do you think Tassie has the potential to to become much more attractive to to the average mainland punter because of those reasons?
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, they're a little bit like um, Hong Kong and Singapore. Like we in Tassie, there, I think there's three main, three main training facilities: Devonport, Longford and Brighton. And then obviously you've got your Scotty Brunton out on the beach. But I mean, they could probably tap in, a, say, once a week and get the main gallops broadcast or something like that, which they do in Hong Kong and and. Um, Singapore, but yeah, there there could be so much done to improve improve Tassie racing. It's just I'm not sure um, whether they uh, whether they 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 want to go down that road.
0: Well, I think there is an appetite, so I think this Tassie live streaming and the the big sell of smaller population and greater punter certainty, I I think it's something they can definitely run with, and I think the affection and the the awareness of Tassie racing's never been higher, mainly through the inevitable and other things. It's a case of striking while the iron's hot, maybe Frog. Yeah, I'd I'd
2: love to see him sort of link in with um, like Adelaide did with Racing. dot com, and you can put their races on on a Wednesday night. Um, and I mean if if you if you did end up getting the prize money up comparable with um with Adelaide and those those sort of joints, I mean it'd be nothing for um Kira Moore or someone like that who's got that many horses in work to set up a satellite stable and boost the numbers down there. I mean it there could be so much done, it's just um
1: whether they want to do it or not. Mm, Yep, I think that's a great point. Uh, I've got another question for you in a moment, Froggy, but the cricket score. England, this partnership just continues to grow and grow. They're 5 for 196. They only need 62 runs to win now. Joe Root is playing some sort of test match. He's 90 not out of 90 deliveries here in the second innings after making a not out 150 in the first dig. He's absolutely flying at the moment. I'll tell you who else is flying. Lofty strike. He just couldn't quite get there on Saturday, Froggy, but G was enormous in the Oakley Plate.
2: Yeah, he, he ran another exceptional race and very proud of the horse and I'm sure his day in the sun will come very shortly. Um, he just copped a squeeze probably 50 yards after the start which sort of put me put me uh, back probably a couple of lengths and I, I might have been able to sort of slide up on the back of Quentin um, McDonald's horse or even be not that far off the eventual winner but as it turns out, he still, from from probably a half mile, he still had his chance, but he just had that extra couple of lengths to make up, and the horse I was following sort of didn't take me into the race. For that, it took me another 100 metres. I think that's the difference between winning and losing, because he's got a very, very lethal sort of 350, 400-metre s- sprint on him, and I just had to come out and get going at about the 550, which was probably 100 yards earlier, just to get him into the race, and I think that was the only telling factor. So we look forward to the new market, and he's, uh, he looks like he's going to drop at least a couple of kilos, and um, there's going to be some pretty serious sprinters in that race. So if we can uh, hold him up a little bit longer, I'm sure he's, uh, he's down.
0: <laughs> Dropping out of 51 would be massive for him. Doesn't it show you, Froggy, how... You know, there's no black caviar around, and it feels a bit transitional with Nature Strip getting older and Eduardo and that, but the, the depth of the Oakley Plate with the Asfuras and the Uncommon Jameses and Star Patrol and, and Lofty Strike, and then there's that Star Kiwi and Peritres coming over for the new market. Like Lofty Strike is, is a star, is an absolute star, but there's a lot of them around. There's, you, you don't get much wriggle room uh, in those races, do you? Because the, 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 the ones around you are pretty much just as good as you are.
2: Yeah, exactly right. There's, uh, there's a good crop coming through at the moment. I'm sure the new market's probably going to be nearly a full field, and like the plate, there's probably going to be 10 or 12 chances in the race. So it's uh, it's nice to uh, be associated with a, with a high-class cult that I'm sure with uh, a little bit little bit of luck in running, he's going to be hard to beat.
1: Hey, last one before we let you go, Froggy. Thoughts on finishing the card with a Group 1 race like they did on Saturday? Um.
2: Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I probably wouldn't have the, the handicap race the last, though, as in there's a lot of dry boys in the jockey's room there waiting around till 6 o'clock so they could have something to drink. Mm. Me, I was pretty fortunate. I was one of the lucky ones that wasn't on the minimum, but, um, I mean, there would have probably been no difference between having the uh, the Peter Young or something like that the last race, but, I mean, a handicap 16 horses half the field on the minimum, Um, it's not ideal for the jockeys that are are wasting pretty
0: hard. Hey, um, one of the rare day-off pleasures, and this is no knock on my ex or the kids when they were little or anything like that, you loved hanging with them, Froggy, but there's nothing better some days when you want a bit of solitude when you pull in the driveway and there's no other car there, the kids are somewhere (laughs) else, and you get that sort of three hours on the couch without interruption. Have you been able to achieve that today?
2: Oh, mate. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, it's, it's quite funny, I, I I don't mind having a little fella here today, it's 14 years to the day the old man died, so it's right. a, a pretty unique day for me, but um, Bree's gone to ride the ponies and I'm sitting here with the little fella in his little rocking chair and we're up to uh, halfway through the second quarter in the basketball and he hasn't said boo, so he's going alright,
1: he's, he's learning. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good gig.
0: (laughs) Uh, And and thoughts with you today, mate. I know it was, uh, you know, obviously something that uh, your dad, Guy, of course, and that was 14 years ago. And, of course, we remember this time of year. So thoughts with you, mate. Uh, Good talking here. And we'll see you on the weekend.
1: Thanks, Froggy. No drums at all. Good on you, Frog, Froggy knew it there. Joining us, as he does each and every week,